thinking that was because I just joined LA Fitness and I've had two instances three instances but two that I'm able to share because I've been able to process it and the first day that I go in so they have when you walk in there is the locker room there's a partition there's a row of sinks and then you go through another door and there's the sauna, the bathrooms, mm -hmm. everything. So there's a mirror at that first partition in the locker room. And there's this guy. He's this older guy. He's got to be in his 50s or his 60s. He's jacked. But he's standing right in front of this oscillating fan, this big-ass oscillating fan. And he's butt-ass naked. <laughs> and he's just taking his fucking time. And the oscillating fan is not just, like, pushing it into the locker room. It's pushing it down the hallway into the gym. So the first smell that I... I was about to say, what is it? Uh, pushing stanky it. old white ass. That's what it is. <laughs> and then I think two weeks later, I was going to the bathroom just, like, right before my workout. I always pee right before my workout just so that I don't get interrupted. And I go in through to, like, that sauna area slash bathroom where you go into the urinals and I take the corner I turn the corner after I go through the door and there's just this another old man he's shaving his head but there's like no towel there's no towel dicks out and it's just the worst I just thought to myself like I can't wait to get old you know and to not care that much to where uh, I can just do that and it's it, it, and I'm not gonna have to worry about the repercussions you know, like I just, it, it, I, I just, I don't get it. Like that just seems like it's a lack of regard for other people. You know. I agree. I mean, I would, I would say outside of that, maybe that every part of getting old is pretty terrifying. <laughs> I mean, but if you think about it, the the reason that this kind of stuff has to happen is because there's no shame. No, there's 100%. no shame. You know, you've been through everything you possibly could in life, and you know, you just wanna want to be able to go into the locker room and and do you yeah i mean like just gotta do what you need to do to get through the day well that's a great intro to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> today on short story long i have my friend grandmaster dr jake Lowe. uh he is the owner as of yesterday of rx cairo he is practicing in both st pete and Tampa has been practicing chiropractic outside of school for four years. Jake, welcome to Short Story Long. Thanks for coming on the pod. What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on. It's exciting. Well, I think that for me, uh, I can only speak for myself, but you have helped me out a lot. Uh, and especially after today, I feel great. I know that I have to wait a couple of days for me to really feel 
like all of the effects, but over the course of what, the three, four years that I've known you at this point, I have seen significant differences versus, versus other chiropractors and other forms of medicine and physical therapy, and especially with your approach, which you're, we're gonna get into today. But I wanted to go over just the procedure that I just had. Um, I had two things done on my body, one with my sciatic nerve and then up in uh, my shoulders and my upper back. So what, what exactly were you doing? I know that we were going over the procedure and the structural aspects of it, but you did dry needling. Mm -hmm. So what, what is your like? What's your methodology and what's your approach to the way that you treat your patients? All right. I, well, within the past year or so, I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, but I remember hearing an analogy for, for doctors and practitioners, whatever you want to call them, that if you can kind of formulate yourself to be as close to a UFC fighter as you possibly can, that you're gonna kill it. And you, I mean, you might not have any idea what I'm talking about right what do you, now. What do you but, mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if, and I'm not super, super into UFC. I mean, I enjoy watching it, but I'm not the one, I'm not the guy who's gonna pay for every single UFC event when I can watch all the fights literally the next day. But I enjoy watching it and you gotta realize that the best UFC fighters are the ones that are super, super well integrated. They can grapple, they can wrestle, they, they, they've got jujitsu, they can box, they can do literally anything at any time and beat anyone using any of that, depending upon maybe what the other person's weakness is uh, or just what they're best at on that night. And they're able to just approach fighting in a bunch of different ways. And I find that when I'm treating someone in the office or treating 20 people in a day or however many it is, every single person is extremely different. What they're coming in with is extremely different. Their health history is extremely different. What they can tolerate in the office is different. Their fitness is different. Their diet, everything is different. And so when they come in, most doctors I find, regardless of what field they're in, are relatively cookie cutter. They know what they know, whether it was taught in school, whether it was something they learned early on, they know what they know, and they don't branch out a whole lot. And when I have people come in, if I can get as many assessment tools to watch movement, to figure out what's going on in the first place correctly, you know, you can be the best treatment guy or girl on the face of the earth, but if you're assessing and treating the wrong thing, it's not gonna help them much. So, I mean, if I can blend as many assessments as I can with as many treatment tools as I can with exercise prescription approaches after that, you can treat just about anything. And limiting what you can treat effectively in your office limits how many people you can help. And it limits revenue by extension. And so being a UFC fighter in the office as a chiropractor and being able to treat a bunch of different ways, adjust a bunch of different ways, uh, anything that you can think of like that in the office is how I try and approach assessing and treating clients in the office. And that's such, I think that on my end, especially in my work and 
from my own personal experience is that when you are one-dimensional, the only way that that really works is if your competency in that one dimension or on that plane far exceeds everybody else's ability being a jack of all trades. But that one, that one pragmatic approach where you're approaching every problem the same, it's not a critical way to think. It's not a critical way to treat people, especially when you're talking about physical ailments. You're not really getting to the root of all of the problems. You're just approaching different problems from the same angle. Yeah, and, and you're, you're finding a way to make your job easier on yourself. And if you can somehow group everyone in some way, shape, or form into this treatment method or uh, assessment tool and everyone fits in some way, shape, or form, you're making your job easier. And I just think that's inherently lazy. And, and that's kind of how I force myself to look at it, to not fall into that, to always be learning, to always be adding treatment tools, assessment tools, uh, all that stuff. But that's good, though, because at the end of the day, you're not only growing yourself and your practice um, as well as your knowledge, you're also, going back to what you were saying before, you're not following in, falling into that trap of grouping these problems as the same thing because especially when you're doing the same thing over and over again right you think that the approach that you're doing is working so you don't look outside of that because it's within your realm of comfort right yeah um and your realm of expertise and everything outside of it isn't even a possibility it's it's very limiting it's a uh it's how can i put this it is an unintentional limiting set of beliefs. For sure. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. And it's just amazing how much you do see it. And I think we're in a world today where, you know, I don't know how it happens growing up maybe, but we, we are taught to just respect what the doctor says, the practitioner says, listen to them, not really ask a whole lot of questions. Um, and, and just be like, okay, well, that's what the doctor said. You know, if he tells me to do A, B, C, or D, I'm doing it. And I hate that. I hate when, when patients come in and they don't ask me questions and they just kind of nod and I want to educate you. I want you to know what's going on. I want you to learn about your own body. The more you know, the less you have to come back and see me. And if I can, I learned a long time ago, if I can try to put myself out of business by treating people so effectively and efficiently that they don't have to come back and see me all the time, I will get more business than I've ever dreamed of. And it's true. Well, because you're making an investment in people as yeah. well as them making an investment in you. But we also touched upon it while I was getting work done, is that some people don't want to hold up their end of the bargain when it comes to that, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, we live in a society and we live in a culture where it's you go to somebody to get fixed, mm -hmm. almost as if you're putting your body into a mechanic shop. Yeah. And it's that one-step approach where it's temporary relief in terms of long-lasting results. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of practitioners, and it's not just chiropractors, but you see a lot of them that their model, their business model, 
you know, we're not talking about how they're treating people, so to speak, but their business model is doctor-centric. They have people feeling like they have to come back to the chiropractor even before they have any types of symptoms regularly, and I'm talking about once a week, stuff like that to an yep. extreme. You know, getting maintenance work done, we usually say you're eight to 12 weeks, somewhere in that range. Eight weeks is a good number. If you feel fine and you feel like you're moving well, just come in and get some work done somewhere in there. And then massage therapy is great in between there uh, to make sure that you're recovering too. But doctors that have you thinking that you need to come in for every little thing that bothers you, you need to come in twice a week. And I hear it all the time. You know, I saw this chiropractor twice a week for, for eight months, and uh, every time I went in there, he fixed me. Every time I went in there, you know, he, he did this, 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 and this. And I just kind of am looking at him like, did that guy do the same thing every single time? And then as they start to answer those types of questions, they start to just... You can see it on their face. They're like, oh, oh, oh he, he, they just did the same thing every time. Like, what? what? And you kind of have to ease into that conversation with people. You know, you don't want to burst their bubble or anything like that, but just trying to educate them on, on what their body needs and what it doesn't need all the time. You don't need to be adjusted three times a week for six months. All that does is breed instability in the body. But, you know, like I said, it happens in every profession. You've got, you've got people that know what they know and they get taught certain stuff and, and they feel like that might be enough and some people want to specialize and they want to kind of pigeonhole themselves and that's fine. That's fine. The less people that approach treating the same way I do, the better for me. Right, because it makes you stand out. It makes you stand out over, I don't want to say a saturated field, but it seems like a lot more of these, what you were talking about earlier, almost these turn and burns, mm -hmm. right? Where you gain this month-long membership, you pay, let's say you pay like 30 bucks a month, you have an initial startup fee, and then all you do is you swipe a card like you're going into a gym, no appointment, you show up unannounced, and you might not even be getting the same person every time. And that scares the shit out of me because somebody is, I mean, it's called gross manipulation for a reason. Like you're forcefully adjusting the body to go into a different direction or to set bones or in your case like I couldn't imagine going in and seeing somebody else for dry needling right yeah. and having the same amount of trust that I've built with you over the years I trust that you know what's going on with my body if I tell you the right things or if I let you do the tests and calibrations that you do beforehand mm -hmm. so that you understand what's going on with me I couldn't imagine walking in now and doing that. I mean, I have in the past, but it just, it seems like it gives uh, your form of medicine almost a bad rap because there is a lot of like woo woo around chiropractic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, when you're first getting involved with it, when, for me specifically, when I'm in school and I'm learning about this stuff and you see all sorts of different types of practices, and certain people, certain professors at the school, they love that type of practice. Maybe they were they ran a practice like that back in the day um, before they started teaching. And then you've got people that want to be you know closer to a primary care physician. And then you've got sports chiropractors. And there's so much out there. But it, I've also learned that you 
can learn something from every single type of situation or, or business that maybe you don't agree with the way that they do things. And so those types of companies, they have a hell of a business model. I mean, you know, those memberships and stuff like that, you're just, like you said, turning and burning. And the amount of time that the doctor is actually spending with a client is minimal. And then they, they're outsourcing their, uh, their billing and their paperwork to secretaries and, and third-party third billing companies. And it's just like, wow. I mean, you could, you could do that if you were really, really focused on one thing mainly, and that is making a lot of money. Right. And I just I find that my job is incredibly more gratifying if I can truly, truly, truly help people uh, to a major extent every single time they come in the office. Um, but not everyone not everyone takes the same approach, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and like we said before, it just makes you stand out amongst a more saturated crowd when it comes to the approach that you and Lance did for a while over at RX Cairo before you started branching off on your own. I want to dive into that a little bit more and specifically why the approach that you guys do and the approach that you do is so effective and why that putting yourself out of business model that you're doing such a good job to where somebody sees you maybe four times and they're done. They never have to see you again and it's all based off of word of mouth and recommendation. What so you do gross manipulation, dry needling, what other methodologies do you use or what other practices do you use? Ooh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's honestly some stuff that I don't do for months at a time in the office and then someone comes in who I just I see the way they're moving, I see what's going on, and I'm like, boom, this person needs cupping or or something. That's just one example. Um, but it's it's really like I said earlier, proper 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 assessment. You know, there are a lot of doctors out there that will just watch your look at your posture, static moving, you're not actually moving, and maybe take X-rays at the office every single patient, and those are just a snapshot in time. Like it doesn't give them any information about how your body actually moves. What if you have scoliosis and you've had that your entire life? And they take x-rays and they say, all right, you have scoliosis. This is, this is not good. You know, we need to work on this. Really? really? But how about how their body has moved and molded itself to work around said scoliosis? And that's incredible. And you see some people doing CrossFit and all sorts of different complex exercise routines with major movement kind of deficiencies and stuff that they really can't control. And so proper assessment and watching movement specifically movement patterns, not just how someone's, you know, how, how their leg bends when they're laying on their belly, but functional movements, squatting, lunging, throwing motions for overhead athletes, stuff like that. If you can watch movement and you can pick apart aberrancies and stuff that's probably causing pain, discomfort, lack of performance, whatever it is the person's coming in for, that's where it starts. That's where it starts and it takes time. It takes watching movements over and over and over and over again, going to gyms and watching people squat and all the things I just mentioned. Um, and, and it takes learning about that kind of stuff on your own and getting certifications, different ones. And like I said earlier, blending those, those certifications and assessments over one another and using certain ones for certain types of clients and, and others for others. 
But once you get the assessment down, if you've found out what is actually going on, it, it's kind of easy as it goes from there. That's the hardest part because then the tools are almost muscle memory. I mean, I know how to do grass in on certain areas, which is scraping with a, with a metal bar and it can be kind of uncomfortable. But uh, and, and cupping, like I said earlier, the trigger point dry needling, the Chinese medicine acupuncture, which is another kind of acupuncture that I do a little bit of, adjusting, exercise prescription. So it goes on and on and on. And, and I just use them all as needed. And sometimes in, a, in an appointment, I use three or four of those. I'll do Graston on one part of the body, acupuncture on another, and then adjust at the end and put some kinesio tape on their lower back to stabilize the area after. And it's just whatever the person needs to get out of pain, to stay out of pain, to perform better, whatever they're coming in with, with their goals, that is what I'm going to do to try and meet those. Understood. So to dive a little bit deeper on that, because that was extremely thorough, <laughs> why don't we go off of what I did today? Because obviously your approach is not one size fits all. It's not like a flex fit hat, right? What, what we did with me today was what we did the dry needling. Um, you use the Hypervice? Hyper Ice Hypervolt. So the Hyper. company is Hyper Ice. Okay. We make a variety of tools, but Hypervolt is the, the one that I used today. And then you did an adjustment on me, mm-hmm. correct? So why don't we roll through it from beginning to end, just so that everybody gets a snapshot of what a uh, appointment with Dr. Jake looks like. I gotcha. So okay. we did an assessment beforehand, and obviously we've been, I've been coming to you for three years. Yeah. So you already know essentially what my body function and my movement and also my fitness goals. Yeah, very important. Very important. We ran through an assessment beforehand where it was going, touching my toes, figuring out where on my back, where I was having that sciatic nerve pain, where it was originating. Do you want to just elaborate on that and why that's effective and yeah. why? Yeah. I mean, what just popped into my head before we even go there is you've seen me for three years. Could you count the amount of times that you come in for appointments on? Four. Four total? Well, I've gone in for four total appointments. As I said, I could probably look back at it and find an exact number, but yeah, I was going to say probably on one hand. <laughs> Um, which is awesome, but uh, so so a typical appointment, someone who's been in before, I, I have their health history in documentation. You know, I, I know if there's anything really rough going on with them. Um, so the any type of appointment, though, let's just say yours, 30 minutes today, long chiropractic treatment is what I call it. The first third usually is us just talking us talking about how it happened, what does it feel like, where is it, is there more than one spot that's bothering you, uh, are you having headaches with neck pain, and for you today, lower back, are you having radiating pain, numbness and tingling down the leg. I just try and figure out how it may have happened, why it is bothering the person, what is, what is actually painful, um, and what is something that makes it worse? What is something that makes it better? All those things. And once I talk for a few minutes and I get a feel of what's going on from the person's mouth, which is extremely helpful, then the next couple minutes I watch movement. And I kind of just pick a few different movements based on the area that we're looking at that I think will give me the most information to decide what's going on and what the person needs. And so that's usually the first 10, 15 minutes. And then after I check out the movement, then treatment starts. And I can still 
kind of assess while I'm doing treatment in certain ways, but I won't go into to detail about that. But generally after that, it starts with treatment. And for you today, when when you're having pain in the lower back and in the back side of the hip, kind of in the butt, that's moving down from that area, that is typically nerve pain. It's, it's a nerve irritation is a better way to describe it. And it can be coming from a lot of different spots. A lot of different factors can play into that. Trying to figure out exactly what it is, what's causing the irritation is sometimes difficult, sometimes a little bit easier on other people. Um, we treated you, what, a month and a half, two months ago or something like that for About something similar. So, you know, I look back at the notes of what we did and what worked because for two months you were completely fine until something kind of popped up. And so I look back at that and that's when I start treating. And with a nerve problem, something, and in, in obviously everyone listening knows that nerves are underneath the skin. And most of the time, they're below muscles, below fat. You know, even if you're a super lean person, you still have fat. And it's deep. It is deep below the skin. And one thing that most practitioners have in common is most of their work that they're doing to try and make change on someone is outside the skin. They're doing work with their hands. They're doing Graston, cupping, all that stuff that I've talked about earlier, and I do do some of that stuff, you know, if the time doesn't allow for me to do something a little bit deeper. But the acupuncture, when it's a nerve issue, is unmatched. And so it allows me, for, for your example today, to do trigger point dry needling and a, a form of neuromuscular acupuncture. Trigger point dry needling is, it's called dry because nothing's being injected from the needle. And people ask me that all the time, and that's why. And I don't really know. Outside of diagnostic uh, procedures where you're injecting dye into people, uh, there's really no needling, any type of acupuncture that injects anything. But So dry needling is where I'm finding trigger points or knots or adhesions. You can call them any of those things in muscle tissue, myofascial tissue, that is disrupting function of the body that could be grabbing and irritating nerves which in your case is what's going on most likely uh, currently. And it allows me to poke at them and irritate them to a point where they kind of pop and relax and they let go of whatever they may be irritating. And sometimes people come in with myofascial pain that's not nerve related, but the pain is coming from the muscle tightness, maybe a strain in a muscle. And if I can do the exact same thing, trigger point dry needling and from the inside get that response it happens very fast and very effectively as far as getting people pain relief and so that's the first kind that I did today after to I don't want to leave this out I do take into account Chinese medicine acupuncture which is what most people are exposed to when they think of acupuncture they think of Chinese medicine it's for balance it's for homeostasis it's for your body's natural healing ability by balancing out energy so if I'm working on someone's lower back and hip, I'm gonna use Chinese medicine opener points, is what I call them, to kind of get your chi and your energy moving in the direction that I want it to be based off of where I'm gonna be working. So for low back pain, bladder 62, bladder 54, I won't go into too much detail about what those are, but Chinese medicine, I hit that first so as to not ignore it. It's been around thousands of years. You know, it's, it's got something going for it, for sure. It's been around and it's made it all this time. So doing that first, then I go into the trigger point dry needling. Once I do that in the areas that I think the muscles need that work, then I do neuromuscular acupuncture, where if someone has low back pain on the right side, for your example, 
if you think about how we feel pain in our body, it is transmitted via nerves. If I pinch someone on the skin in their low back, that stimulus is transmitted up their nervous system to their brain in a split second, and they feel that as a painful stimulus. If I can use the needles to poke at those same nerve pathways where the pain is happening, I can, in a sense, reset someone's pain. And so it can be, if you can, if you can think about that, it can be extremely powerful for relieving very, very, very rough, acute pain really effectively and fast when other types of modalities and treatments and adjustments and all that stuff just can't do the trick. And if you ask any chiropractor coming out of school if they felt comfortable treating sharp, acute pain where someone can barely walk in your door and actually treat it, not just do, you know, like some stim on the back and put some ice on it and send them on their way, every single one of them will tell you no. And if they don't, they're lying. And so this tool allows me to get, in short, underneath the skin, in the areas that need to be changed or affected to reduce pain. And that's kind of the best way I think I could possibly describe it. I think that's probably the best way I've ever described it when asked on this podcast. Well, I'm glad that we have it on the record. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you might have questions for me, but coming in my brain and like me speaking it out just now, I, I, I feel like I nailed it. In yeah. the least vain way uh, possible. Uh, yeah, dude. I have absolutely no questions because <laughs> that was super thorough. Because you're, what you're describing is, I don't want to call it abrasive because I think that that is going to be taken the wrong way or it might be taken out of context. But it's an abrupt way to address an acute problem. For sure. You know, you're getting right to the source. And especially when you're talking about, uh, when you're talking honestly about the profession that you take and a lot of your colleagues, it's difficult for people to, especially when they have that power to be able to make lasting change, for them to uh, turn somebody away or to say, hey, I'm not really gonna be able to make this effective change within this short amount of time with the set of skills that I have. It almost feels as if they're undercutting their ability. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, I, in my experience with other chiropractors, there's not that brutal honesty that I've always gotten yeah. with you, where you are very upfront with what, <laughs> with what you're able to do within a, a certain amount of time. Well, and proper referral is so huge, too. People will appreciate me just as much if I get rid of their pain in one visit and send them on their way and their love and life, or if I tell them straight up with honesty this is something that's kind of outside of my scope and I think you maybe need to go see a pure Chinese medicine acupuncturist someone who knows that stuff a hell of a lot better than me and send them to a person who's going to truly help them rather than wasting maybe their time and money with me just trying to figure it out and knowing that there's someone out there that can do a better quicker job and there's nothing wrong with with not delegating but letting other people if they do have a niche and it's not one that you're necessarily equipped to handle let let other people handle it and i I feel like that goes almost unnoticed at times the ability to do that and it's kind of underrated (laughs) of course and it's it's also being able to put your pride in check and put your ego in check 
and realize that you don't know everything. For sure. And that you're continuing to evolve. Maybe one day you will have that expertise within that within that field and that subject matter. But being able to realize, hey, maybe the problem that we're facing, or let's say that down the road, not with me, but you're working on somebody and you're making adjustments, you're doing dry needling, and you realize that the issue that you're trying to address, you've tried to go at it from multiple different angles, but it's not going away. When we first started treating me for piriformis syndrome, which is what was really causing the sciatic pain, or the uh, sciatic nerve flare-up that caused all my pain, uh, you upfront gave me the expectation that this might be something with your lower back or your discs, and we might have to go get an x-ray, but I don't think that that's what you're gonna have to do. That part of it, especially with medicine, going back to what you were saying before, is not something that you hear a lot from doctors, and something that you, that I've primarily heard from you and your girlfriend. And to give a little bit of context, <laughs> uh, Jake's girlfriend, her name's Morgan, she is a wonderful massage therapist, and they both work on me, which is kind of nice because it's almost like you guys compare notes. <laughs> as long as it's okay with the, the client and they're cool with uh, with us talking about about anything that we're working on in the office, uh, you know, HIPAA, all that right. good stuff, then yeah, we'll absolutely try and give each other information about what we've been doing to try and help people as much as we can. 100%. Uh, the point that I'm making is, is that it's, I've always gotten the same thing with her that I've gotten with you, where it's if there is something wrong, there's no hesitation. There's no hesitation to realize, like, hey, we might be doing more harm than good. Yeah. And, and a, a, one of the best examples that I like to give people just so they can almost wrap their heads around what I'm talking about if they don't, if they don't get it already is, is piriformis syndrome. You just brought it up. And if you, anyone listening, go home and Google the piriformis. And... If you look at a bunch of different images and you see where it is in the body and you go to see a practitioner, any type, that tells you they're going to manually work on it with their fingers or, again, anything outside of the skin and they're going to release your piriformis, run the other direction because you have got to get through, in some people, six inches of tissue to actually make change to a piriformis. Of dense tissue. Yeah, like we're talking skin, <laughs> fat, glutes, which are some of the biggest, baddest muscles in the body, and it's just a lot. You know, big, big muscular people, like I said, six inches, maybe plus, and it's something where, you know, the piriformis causes a lot of sciatica-type symptoms, and without going into a, a whole lot of detail, it can come from a lot of different areas. A nerve can be irritated at any length of it, but if it is the piriformis, and it's kind of just very tight clamping down on that nerve, almost like a seatbelt that's too tight over someone's waist. It just causes irritation down the back of the leg. And if that's what it is, you know, it sounds a little terrifying, but I can get a, a six-inch needle plus needle down straight through all of that tissue we were just talking about and actually poke at it and do trigger point dry needling with that piriformis. And once I release that seatbelt, the symptoms that you're having going down your your leg then start to dissipate slowly but surely you know as they leave the office and that's pretty damn cool 
you know, and, and working with Morgan has been awesome because she realizes, she starts to notice, you know, maybe this is actually coming from something way deep down there. And as a massage therapist, I could be the strongest dude or girl on the planet, but how am I possibly going to get to this, this tissue? And so, you know, we work really well together, uh, just figuring out who needs what, uh, as far as the client's concerned and, and not just shoveling them back and forth, you know, but what does this person need? Do they need two massages a month to be just fine? If that's the case, then see Morgan. Don't come see me. And if it's the other, and if, and if they need to come see me, then awesome. But that's, that's, it is definitely a cool dynamic uh, that we have in St. Pete. One thing that I am very fortunate about, especially when it comes to going to you or going to Morgan, is that I have a very, I'm very aware of what's going on within my body. Mm-hmm. And from having conversations with you and having conversations with Morgan, and also just having conversations with just general people, yeah. that is not common. No. That is something that is very uncommon. For somebody that is, that this has piqued their interest and they're looking to go to a chiropractor or maybe come over here and see you, what, what would you say is the first steps in understanding what the symptoms are? I know that you, they're going to be coming to you and almost surrendering to the expertise that you have, but what would be a good way in your mind from somebody coming in to see you maybe something to roll down like a checklist of like oh maybe this is something that's been bothering me what would you say is something that a mindset or a a approach that people could have in terms of seeking out help well make sure you're going to the right person um word of mouth is usually the best way to to go about that and you want to see someone that maybe your friends trust your family trust but when you get into an appointment with any doctor slash practitioner, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. If the doctor at any point says, you know what, just you need to listen to me, I'm the expert, or just can't really seem to explain things to you, or refuses to, any of the above, then that's not the right person to be helping you. They should be wanting to educate you. And unfortunately, people don't take an interest into how their body moves and what might be going on with it uh, uniquely for them until they get hurt. Once people get hurt, maybe it happens a couple times in an area, then they're like, okay, this is getting annoying. What can I do? I need to learn about myself. I need to be more proactive. I need to, to learn what my body needs and doesn't need to function well so I'm not in pain all the time. And so a lot of the time I see that, you, that people need to get injured first, which is not something I want, but I wish more people would come in and ask questions. But that's the most important thing, because I feel like people want to. They really do. They want to learn. They want to ask questions. They want to kind of poke and prod, but they're almost afraid to, just because it's not their expertise. Well, make sure that the person you're seeing, it is within their expertise. Because just because they have the DR next to their name or the big letters and fancy uh, education that they got, that does not mean that they are someone who is equipped to handle your problem. And all the only way you're going to be able to find that out is if you start picking their brain. Just ask logical questions. And just even just if you don't know, ask why. Why? Have them explain how what they're finding is gonna cause pain and how what they're doing is going to help you. If they just have no answer, just run the other way. 
run the other way. Uh, it's there's a chiropractor, and, and you said it earlier, saturated. There's a chiropractor on every street corner. There is a lot of them out there. They sure an amount of school, and it's the same for a lot of other professions. But there's a lot out there, and it can it can be really hard to find ones that are good, and and even understand which ones what what qualifies being good. And some people that that differs from person to person. But ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. And if they can't answer them, or they refuse to, or they didn't make any sense, or they're they're answering all the questions the same way, or they're treating you the exact same way every time you go in the office, even if it feels good at the time, they're not really doing you any good. They're doing you a disservice to take your money and not try and help you as much as they possibly can. Now, if uh, people wanted to reach you and they wanted to get in contact with you, where can they find you, Jake? The website is a good place to kind of read a lot more about what I do. It's rxchiromove.com. There's a lot of information on there. You can book appointments that way. You can read about what I do. And if you want more information, you can always email me. You can always call me. Uh, My email is jakelowe, first and last name, dc, d as in dog, c as in cat, at gmail.com. Um, that is usually the easiest way. I have no problem answering emails on any social media platform. If I make a post or something, if you follow me on there, uh, Jake Low Cairo is the name of my Instagram. If you are on there and I make a post and you have any questions, you can always DM me and, and see if that's something uh, that I can answer for you. But I'm pretty open. I'm pretty open and You'll, you'll see me at gyms locally, Tampa St. Pete, and you know if you don't catch me at those types of things, at marketing events or whatnot, you can always reach out and get a hold of me. But the website, the website's the, the best way to kind of gather information, at least at the beginning, and, and see if it's a good fit for you to come in and possibly come see me. Well, Jake, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, very grateful for you coming on the podcast and agreeing to do this, especially after treatment. I know that you had a long day today. <laughs> I've had longer. We're okay. <laughs> I appreciate you having me, man. First time over here. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, we absolutely crushed this fucking podcast. How long has it been? Has it been 42 long? minutes. There we go. Yeah, How man. Are they, are they normally 42? Yeah, well, they, I, this was a very quick 42. Okay, yeah. I, so, I felt like I was just answering questions at a, uh, a marketing event or someone coming up, a prospective patient said it a million times but now it's on a podcast sometimes i'll have sometimes i've had conversations like i had a conversation with my dad um (laughs) and we we were gonna have this uh conversation of just about like world events and it turned out to be just like him spinning these coronavirus (laughs) conspiracy theories and just, I, just went off it the went rails. off the rails immediately, <laughs> and I did not want to hear his Fox News philosophy. <laughs> and nothing against Fox News, nothing against anything. It I, it just wasn't what I wanted to talk about. And I'm in control of the podcast, and we spent 45 minutes of me trying to get the ship back on course. Delete. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very easy delete. I'm just looking at it and. He's like, well, that was a good podcast, and I was like, no one's ever gonna hear this. You're just, you're just petting him, like, yeah, Dad, you, yeah. it'll be on, it'll be on, oh, it'll be up soon. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I think that I, I think that I lied to him. I was like, yeah, I accidentally deleted it, <laughs> or like it got erased somehow. I 
removed the card as it was loading I'm into the computer. I'm still new at this, Dad. Oh my I, God. It was a total rookie mistake. We'll have uh, to do that. We'll have to do that again. No, we'll no have, big deal. Yeah, and it's so weird because we had such a good first podcast. <laughs> we, we, it got too comfortable. He, got, he was like, you know what? We can just talk about anything here. No, Dad, we or, can't. Or he was like, you know what? I got done with the first one. Now I'm going to talk about what I really want to get off my chest and what's been bothering me. The floodgates were open at that point. <laughs> Cracked the door open and he kicked it down. That's funny. Uh, well, I'm going to wrap this up. Jake, grateful, you, uh, grateful to you for coming on this podcast. Guys, this has been another episode of Short Story Long. My name's Lukey B. Thank you guys for listening to another episode, and I will catch you guys on the flip. Peace! Thumbs up.